everybody, and welcome to another new episode of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you doing on this terrific, sunny winter day? <laughs> hey, Alan, I'm doing good, buddy. I, I agree. Uh, winter is hopefully... Uh spitting out its last dregs and I'm looking forward to some warmer weather for sure. I had a snowflake yesterday hit me in the eye. It just looked one of those weird little 10 minute snowstorms. It didn't do much, but the flakes were so big. They were like bigger than cornflakes. This one like landed right on my eyeball and it was like having a contact lens made out of ice for about a point one seconds. You were asking for it. I know. it. <laughs> I was looking right at the sky. I know. And it said, take that. Yeah. Well, Mark, today we're covering episode 10 from season four, Citizen Note. Citizen Note. Yeah. Yep. This is uh, Leslie as a citizen, of course, uh, mm -hmm. following the outcome of the trial of the century. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. 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 And uh, this episode comes in at 2132. It's a standard episode. No producer's cut. Mm -hmm. uh, do have a huge amount of deleted scenes. Nine minutes and 34 seconds. Yeah, I noticed that. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, we won't spend a lot of time on those today, but we'll we'll just pick out a couple maybe. Uh, this episode first aired on December 8th, 2011, directed by Randall Einhorn, who ends his run of directing Parks episodes. This is his fifth of five. Wow. Yeah. And, and if you don't remember, Randall's from The Office, Parks and Rec, Fargo, and a new show that we're really watching and enjoying is Abbott Elementary. Oh. Have you seen that yet? I have not. Uh -huh. I highly, highly recommend it. All right. Yeah. It's right a on. great show. Um, and then this episode was written by Dave King. Uh, this is his first of seven that he'll do ultimately. And Dave also wrote on The Good Place and The Simpsons and, you know, this show as well. I so. think they intended this to kind of be the park's like, Christmas episode. Would you agree? I would agree with that. As, as close as it had to a Christmas episode that year. Yeah, because I sure. think the next episode after this was in January. I yeah, that say, sounds right. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Mark, do you want to walk us through our synopsises? I assume we've got more than one this week. Oh, man. Yeah. After last week, I, I split this into as many stories as possible. 42. The 42 stories. Here we go. What will happen? Oh, wait a minute. Uh, so I, <laughs> Don't I, get ahead of yourself. I split this into three stories, Alan. And, you know, as I just mentioned here in the Leslie verse uh, in, in Pawnee here, it's near the end of the year. It's close to the holidays. So my... My story titles kind of have a, a theme, if you will. Oh, so, I like it. so see Let's if you him. see if you can catch on. Got it. It's very talented. Mm -hmm. um, so my A story. I'll be the judge of that. No, oh, no, that's what it is. So A story is entitled. <laughs> it's entitled Leslie the citizen was bored out of her mind. <laughs> do, 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 do. I see what you're doing there, Mark. That's Other pretty good. Words I didn't make up on time. So, oh, yeah, nice. So I don't know. I should have let you finish. I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. It didn't matter. So anyway, so the A story, do, do, do. All right. So trying to keep busy yeah. during her two-week suspension from the trial, Leslie attempts to sneak work out of the office to do at home unsuccessfully. And then she attempts to focus on her city council campaign unsuccessfully because her advisor wanted to lay low until members come back yeah. in for the polls. Finally, Leslie acts on Ben's suggestion and forms a citizens action committee, the Pawnee committee, the parks committee of Pawnee PCP. Nice. What will happen? Can Leslie turn the PCP into a force to be reckoned with? What will Leslie's post-scandal poll numbers look like? What precisely is Salger? Stay tuned <laughs> to find out, dot, dot, dot. I love it. I titled my A story, Leslie Tries PCP. That's not a song. All right. So, <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Sorry. So the V story, yeah. um, my title is, It's a Benderful Life. <laughs> Isn't that horrible? All right. That's pretty bad. So, so here it is. 
After resigning in disgrace, Ben decides to look for a new job. He interviews with several places, including Barney Varm's accounting firm and cologne maker Dennis Feinstein. Despite his impressive resume, Ben seems ultimately unsure what he wants to do next. How will this turn out? Will Barney's accounting firm react well to Ben's sense of humor? How does Dennis Feinstein feel about kids? What role will John Ralphio play in Ben's final decision? Stick around, all will be revealed, dot, dot, dot. Here's a spoiler for Dennis Feinstein. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Big I, I titled my B story, Citizen Wyatt. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very in, nice. In homage to Citizen Nope. All right. So my, my C story... My C story is entitled, remember I have a running theme here, uh, is entitled, I'm dreaming of the right gift mess, just like the one for Leslie No, Huh? Uh, pretty good. It's not great. All right. I would, I would keep your uh, repertoire to the writing of the singing of the songs, <laughs> maybe not the singing so much. No, that's where yeah. it falls. But pretty apart, good. Apart. I mean, you know, you've got a good pitch there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So anyway, so here it goes. Once again, uh, the gang all received extremely thoughtful holiday gifts from Leslie. When Ron suggests they all work together to give Leslie a great gift in return, they all collaborate to make her a miniature model of the Parks and Rec's office built out of candy. They are certain Leslie's going to love their confectionery model. However, the gang has one last gift for Leslie waiting in the wings. What will happen? Did April really kill the black-eyed peas? Where did Donna <laughs> get her shiny silver M&Ms? What is the gang's final gift to Leslie? Hang in there, podcast viewers. Only time will tell. Dot, dot, dot. Very good job, Mark. Thank I you. like it. My, my C story I just titled Payback Leslie. Yeah? Yeah. It might leave you wondering what that means. Yeah, it's it turns out maybe less ominous than that yeah. makes it sound. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I yeah, get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, nice job on the synopsises, Mark. Let's uh, get into our AKAs then. All right. Well, I had three. I'll go through them real quick um, from from each of the three stories. Um, from the uh, from the A story, the 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 citizen nope one. Um, there's a part where Leslie is is very distraught, and she's in JJ's diner, and she's having a meal with Anne. Is and it waffles? She, and it is is I don't know if I don't know if she's having waffles or not. It seems like she should if she isn't. But she collapses over into the seat because she's so distraught. <laughs> yeah. And then Anne's kind of nonplussed. And then you hear from down below the seat, don't touch my pickles, Anne. <laughs> Which just cracked me up. I don't know why. Um, on the Ben story, Citizen Citizen Wyatt. I like that. Um, it's It's got to be Ben's great goodbye line, which is simply calculator. Love it. So we'll, we'll see how that goes yeah. over because, you know, accounting firms, Alan, they don't have a lot of the sense of humor there. They're known for their sense of humor. Oh, my gosh. The, the not having of it. The, the, there you yeah. go. And then the from the other one where the gang collaborates to make a great uh, gift for Leslie, um, it, it's, it's Ron, my boy, saying, every year she gets me something thoughtful and personal. It makes me furious. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. I almost picked that one as well. How about you? I, Mark, I only really did one. It's kind of a long one, but it's a single one from Leslie. Uh -huh. You know, she's she's meeting with the politicos and trying to figure out, you know, post-sex scandal. What does this mean for her campaign? Yeah. And they're saying, look, Leslie, we appreciate, you know, you know, just chill, right? Yeah, yeah, Chill yeah. out. And, and they say, you know, sit back or sit tight, take a beat, relax. And oh. she says, sit tight. Take a beat, relax. I don't do any of those things. Yeah. 
That, I love it. That's not in her yeah, DNA. It's really not. Nope. I can kind of relate to that. <laughs> Just a little bit. I, I think you know that, that about me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's for another podcast. Yes. All right. Well, nice job on the AKAs, Mark. Let's get into our episode breakdown and let's kick it off with the cold open. Let's kick it off. All right. Well, this cold open is, uh, I have it at 63 seconds. I have it as plot relevant. Um, so very early in the morning, very early in the morning at City Hall, we see Leslie sneaking into the dark and uninhabited Parks and Recreation office. And she quietly sneaks to her desk. She turns on her computer and she starts impatiently transferring files to a flash drive. And all of a sudden we hear, Leslie, no. And the camera pans up to see Chris now standing there in fancy running gear. Uh-oh. Chris reminds Leslie she's not supposed to be there. Leslie says she doesn't have to be there. That's fine. She'll just do work at home. But Chris says, no, you are prohibited from doing your job regardless of where it is. So hand over the flash drive there. And Chris eventually gets the flash drive. But then Leslie goes, yoink, and grabs it out of his hand and tries to run off, much to Chris's frustration. I love it. Uh, Chris introduces us to a new experimental fabric that he's wearing that Leslie, you know, pointed out. Oh, oh nice jogging shirt. He says, <laughs> Yes, it's called Bumble Flex. It's made out of synthetic bees' wings. I love Bumble Flex. It is and so then good. He, and he, he he warns her. Like when she runs yeah. off, he's like, Leslie, nope. I am much faster than you. I have Bumble Flex. Yep. It's terrific. I would not try to race someone no, with Bumble Flex. No, we know he loves the run. It's a great cold open. Yep. I, I titled the summary of that scene. You know, sometimes I title my scenes, Mark. Yep. That one's Subterfuge and Bumble Flex. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mark, we kick off the main episode at everyone's favorite waffle joint, JJ's Diner. Yep. And Leslie starts her first day as Citizen Nope by inventing a new spice. Oh, yes, yes. Well, Leslie and Ben are enjoying breakfast in public. Yeah, for, that's maybe, a first. Maybe for the first time. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, without being as scared of yes. being uh, found out and that, stuff. Good point. Um, uh, together at JJ's Diner. And three towns over. Yeah. <laughs> so both of them are glad they can now do this in public without hiding, blah, blah, blah. However, with Ben's resignation and Leslie's suspension, they also feel a need to kind of stay busy to keep from going crazy. Yeah. So their plans for the day include A, Leslie going to meet with her advisors, a.k.a. Barnes & Associates, a.k.a. the Politicos. And B, Ben going to an interview for at least one interview. The one I know about is going for a job doing in-house accounting work for an accounting firm. I'm so, sorry, would you say I almost fell asleep? You know, there? that could be pretty uh, interesting. <laughs> Not. Maybe to Ben. Yeah. Well, and, and during this scene, you know, Mark, Leslie is talking about how she's finding that she's got all this time and she has invented a new spice called Salgar. Oh, it's Salgar. half sugar, half salt. Oh, uh, And I, I love it because Ben takes it in, he, yeah. he contemplates it and then says, well, what could that possibly be good on? Yeah. And she looks at him, yeah. smiles and says as if it's obvious. Butterscotch pudding. Butterscotch pudding. Duh. And it, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, that it's pretty spot on. For a spice that she just invented on the fly, that shows an amazing amount of forethought that she was just like, well, that. Yeah. All right. I'll give you credit. Maybe she was craving butterscotch pudding and then decided that she needed to invent the topping for it. Oh, that's called reverse engineering. Yeah, Very good. She might have done that. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mark, from there, we're in the bullpen at the park's office and Anne is playing proxy Leslie or what I call Santa Claus. Wow. For the gang. <laughs> oh, come on. You saying all those things, I don't even get Santa Claus? It's like, all right, it's good. Uh, so, so anyway, <laughs> no, it wasn't bad. So we see the gang assembled in the bullpen. Um, 
since Leslie couldn't be there, as you said, she asked Anne to essentially be her proxy to yeah. give her a uh, very thoughtful presence to everyone, yeah. insisting that they're that they're from Santa Claus um, uh, or Santa Claus. Thank you. We, we see the following people open their presents and talk about them. Yeah. A. Andy wants to go first. Right? Andy yeah, wants. Yeah. Oh, does he ever? He's, he's just impatient. He's rawr, He just rips that thing apart. So A. Andy got a framed, certified gold mouse rat. It looks like a vinyl record. Yeah. Um, over one hundred copies <laughs> sold in Pawnee. In Pawnee. Wow. Uh, and he's very excited about it. Yeah. Do- uh, B. Donna got a personalized leopard printed robe with <laughs> pink feather cuffs, and on the back in rhinestones, you can get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but she seems to really like it. She so loves whatever. It. Yeah. Um, C. Tom wanted to attend the Watch the Throne <laughs> tour. Um, you know, with uh, Jay Z and Kanye West. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but he couldn't. So Leslie got him a pocket watch and a tiny throne instead. And the pocket watch, you know, it has that that dumb part with yeah, has the, the clock. The, part, the clock yeah. You get that yeah. clock part just out of there. And now it contains an insert that when he opens up the pocket watch it says baller time (laughs) okay d leslie either painted or commissioned a picture for april of her killing the black eyed peas So it's just a brief description. It shows an orange, brown, and purple uh, apocalyptic uh, landscape. April is in the foreground, dressed like Xena, Xena, Princess Warrior, I guess. Which is a little foreshadowing, if you think about it. It is. Andy is in the background, dressed like, I don't know, Conan the Barbarian, like where he's got a double-sided axe there. That's great. Um, April is holding three decapitated heads (laughs) of members of the Black Eyed Peas (laughs) and stepping on a fork. It is truly a Christmas miracle. It really is. Um, E, Jerry got socks. Yeah. Just She really gets him. But he seems pretty thrilled thrilled with it. I got to say... I think Leslie was spot on with this. I don't think this was her being lazy. No, this is Leslie knowing her her people very well. I agree. Yeah. And then finally, F, acknowledging that Leslie does something thoughtful and personal each year, but claiming <laughs> she outdid herself this year, Ron holds up a tiny control in his hand, presses a button, and both doors to his office automatically swing shut. He is nearly moved to tears. He, he really is. So... Moved by Leslie's gesture, Ron comes out of his office after reopening the doors and addresses the gang and says, we need to get Leslie something that erases the enormous emotional debt that has built up over years of this gift giving imbalance. So everyone start thinking of ideas. Yeah. It's going to have to be a lot more thoughtful than what Ron normally gives, which is a crisp $20 bill. It's crisp. It is crisp. Yeah. It's also not Leslie thoughtful. No, but but nothing you know, is. It's not. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's a hard game to win. It, yeah, it, it really, really is. is. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mark, we're in a conference room, and I think we might be at Barnes and so- Associates. I don't think we're at the Parks Department. No, I don't think we are yeah, either because she's yeah. not allowed there. Right. Exactly. Right, right. Oh, good point. And continuing on the theme of gift giving, Leslie is delivering gifts to her campaign team, and they give her the gift of relaxing. <laughs> that's horrible. It's a horrible, horrible gift. For bad, her. bad gift. Yeah. So yeah. She she goes to see the politicos there and then gives them their holiday gifts, which is, you know, naturally thoughtful for her. 
And and uh, she wants to launch immediately into like damage control. Like, how do we spin yeah. this? What do we need to do after my little you know sex scandal thingy yeah. with, with my boss there? Um, but before any action is taken, both William and Elizabeth, the politicos, are waiting for polls in the field to come back. So in the meantime, they encourage Leslie to stay out of the spotlight, sit tight, take a beat. and relax which leslie does not embrace no 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 i really don't do any of those things nope and i love she goes on to say in fact while i was in that meeting i was also planning my mother's birthday party in my head strawberry margaritas another use for solger yep yeah so it's just brilliant it it, it really is because i thought at first solger was just going to be a throwaway line yeah butterscotch pudding and nothing nope yeah strawberry margaritas they got it twice yeah Yeah, great writing on this episode. I know. Absolutely. Well, in our next scene, Mark, we're at Tilden and Ramdomsky, our accounting firm, and you've heard of a Swiss Army knife. Well, Ben claims that he is the Swiss Army accountant. (laughs) (laughs) He claims that. Yeah, we'll see. But he's not a stand-up comedian. So, yeah, Ben is uh, interviewing, like you said, at, at... Tilton and Randomsky Accounting. Yeah. Uh, and he's interviewing with Barney Varm, yeah. played by the great John Balma. Yeah. Uh, we, we may remember Barney as the uh, rather monotone accountant trying to teach how to use QuickBooks Pro in the season two episodes, Leslie's, Leslie's House. House and Telethon, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. So but this is so good. How about we have Constantine play this clip? Let's do that. Financial analysis, automated general ledger accounting systems, audit management. Hmm. You've done everything. Well, they call me the Swiss Army accountant. (laughs) They don't call me that. They should. (laughs) Look, I think you'd be a great addition. Would you be willing to come back to meet the division head? Yes, absolutely. We'll set that up. Okay. Great. Thank you. Well, uh, calculator. Oh, you like that one, huh? (laughs) We do not get a lot of humor here, and when we do, it's wonderful. Oh. Ted, come in here! (laughs) Say it to Ted when he comes in. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, that's great. I I had forgotten how much I loved Barney in this episode. I mean, he's funny anyway, but I feel like he kind of got a chance to shine here. He he really did. And, and, you know, it's this first time we see this dynamic with Ben and Barney. Right. And we're going to see a lot more of it through the rest of the run of the, the series, Mark. Right. And we have a little bit of an announcement here. We had an interview with John Balma very recently, That's and we're right. going to feature some clips in this uh, in this release, and then uh, probably a future release as well. Oh, that's going to be a lot of fun. I yeah, love that. I'm looking forward to it. Well, back in the bullpen, the team is brainstorming on ideas for Leslie's gift, and everyone loves the idea that they land on. Well, almost everyone. Almost everyone. Yeah. So yeah, we have the the gang, which I always like to like list out the gang because sometimes you got people that are missing. There are so variants so, of the gang. So sure, here we got Ron and Ann, Donna, Jerry, April, and Andy, and they're yeah. like you said, they're meeting in the bullpen. They're trying to decide, okay, what are we going to get Leslie for Christmas? What are we going to do here? And after a few suggestions, we see Tom. So he's added to the group. Tom excitedly enters the bullpen with an easel and like poster board or yeah, something like to it. to show everyone his idea. Well, Tom fed Leslie's emails, letters, memos, etc. into a program and generated a word cloud. Sounds like an invasion of privacy to me, but okay. Yeah. (laughs) If you think that's bad, try Google Earth. But Uh, such that the more a word is mentioned, the larger it appears. Yeah. Tom suggests they study the word cloud to get gift ideas. 
gotta say this isn't a bad idea. Yeah. It really isn't. Um, I was pretty impressed. Ron approaches the display and circles the words office and cute. Ron suggests he build a small wooden model of the parks department and they can decorate their offices as they are in real life. Not a bad idea from Ron. That's pretty good. Finally, Anne turns it up a notch by circling a third word, candy, Uh suggesting they do Ron's idea, but instead of wood, make it out of candy, like gingerbread, graham crackers, gumdrops, candy canes, that sort of thing. Everybody absolutely loves this idea. They're going crazy. Except maybe for Ron, who seems slightly irritated. I think maybe he'd rather stick with wood. Yeah, because he has some red birch with some nice spalting. Yeah. And uh, scale wainscoting. Yeah, the wainscoting. Yeah, I hate for that to go to waste. No, you got to use that. Yeah, you really do. Well, we'll see what happens with that. Well, Mark, over at Tref Cab, you like ah, that? Oh, my gosh. I Give me a moment. Uh-huh. I'm so excited yeah, that yeah. you used the thing. Yeah. Oh, I am over. All right, okay, <laughs> Which is basically April, Andy, and Ben's house now. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. The, uh, the residence formerly known as Burley's, Trev Cab. There you go. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Well, over dinner, Leslie has shared her frustrations with Ben, and Ben shares the good news about his interview. Yes, yes. They are having a nice, I don't know if it's like an Italian dinner, a pasta dinner, yeah. or something like that. And it, I noticed they have candles, they have wine. Yeah. So that's kind of a nice little moment I for think them, Ben I think. made dinner. I'm going to guess. I think you're right. Yeah. Because there's a calzone there. Oh, just yeah. saying. <laughs> um, and Leslie thinks calzones are stupid. She does. Because they are. Yeah. Ben tells Leslie about his interview and that Barney's accounting firm will probably be making him an offer. And Leslie's happy to hear this, but Ben seems a little more... And Leslie points out, look, if you don't love it, take a while, take a month, see what else is out there, which which Ben kind of takes to heart. Leslie then vents to Ben about how all she wants to do is improve her hometown, gosh darn it, but she's being prevented from doing stuff, first by the Parks Department, now by her campaign advisors, a.k.a. the Politicos. Ben points out that Leslie can still improve the city. Just do it as a private citizen. Mm. Leslie loves this idea (laughs) and like leaves dinner immediately. That's how excited she is. She basically walks out. I know. Yeah, I love it. Well, you know, I I think, Mark, she she says she has some work to do and, you know, thanks for dinner. And then all of a sudden, Ben just goes, I can hear you breathing. And yes, you can finish her pasta. Oh, and those doors just slam <laughs> open and then rubber, 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 April and Andy. Are they sitting like a laundry closet? What are they doing? I think that it's just folding doors. It's like a partition. Separate. I think it's a okay. partition. All right. Well, that makes a lot more sense than what I said. Yeah. <laughs> I love Ben's excuses about why he may not want to take this job with the accounting firm. Oh, yeah. He didn't say anything about the job. You know, the commute's a little long. Uh, you didn't love the carpeting. <laughs> you know what I really liked is when, when Leslie is stressing and venting to Ben about how she wants to do something, she wants to do something, and he she's putting, he thinks that maybe she's putting Solgar on yeah, her oh, pasta. Yeah. Turns out it's just, just sugar. sugar. And then she, <laughs> she leaves, April and yeah. Andy come and like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. And Andy gets a forkful and goes, this tastes like Fruit Loops. <laughs> that cracked me up. <laughs> that sounds really gross. Yeah. Well, Mark, over at the community center, uh, Leslie is about to hand out some PCP or, or something like that. Mm, yeah. Delicious. Mm. So, yeah. Is it Fruit Loop flavored? <laughs> Only time will tell. Um, 
we see Leslie. Uh, yeah, I think it's the community center. It's just like some public uh, building, like in a meeting. Yeah. Room. And, and she is leading a citizen action committee with six others currently in attendance. And they discuss various things that they want to see fixed in the parks and as well as maybe letter writing campaigns, although those never work. Leslie finally convinces them that um, letter writing campaigns are stupid and they need to take other measures, anything they need to do, in fact, to ensure that their voices are heard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Diane, she really loves her letter writing campaign. Oh, Diane, now shush. <laughs> Mark, did you catch the uh, the last line of this where she says, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose? Uh, 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 Friday Night Lights? Yeah. 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 Love it. So, yeah. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Mike is apparently a, uh, is a fan, so. And I know that he had to also have named the accounting firm. I'm just positive about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fun with names. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Well, at the bullpen, the team shares their candy creations and Andy has to purge. (laughs) (laughs) More than usual. Yeah. Yeah. We're at City Hall again and the gang is busy planning how exactly they're going to put together a model of the Parks and Rec's office. And. Apparently, the plan is Ron is going to make the main uh, model. Yeah. And the rest of the gang is creating candy decorations for their uh, parts or corners of the office. I love it. That makes total sense. It does. It's a great way for this team to work together. Including, A, Andy makes rock and roll candy Andy, which is just him made a candy, I guess. But it rhymes. So that's kind of cute. Yeah. Uh, B, April... Uh, April, uh, on Ron's behalf, because he says, like, that, that's good, son, talking to Andy. Yeah. That's good, son, but I didn't make anything. And April goes, I got you. I made a marshmallow Ron Swanson. <laughs> and he's got his all grumpy. He's got his little marshmallow arms crossed because yeah. the other marshmallow workers are annoying, are annoying him. him. They love that. <laughs> C, Tom simply purchased some gourmet fudge. And he didn't have time to make it into anything because he's... Well, dumb. he did think about some little Rice Krispies. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and then D, Donna made her desk out of silver M&Ms, <laughs> which they don't really have. So she yeah. spray painted yeah, some. of course. And Anne, as the nurse that she is, That's immediately right. points out to yeah. everyone that, well, that makes those uh, poisonous. So then do, do, do not eat those. And then Andy, with a silver smeared mouth, goes, uh-huh. yeah, duh. And Anne just looks right at him. <laughs> Go throw up. <laughs> like, I didn't even eat any. Go throw up. Oh, my God. And April starts chiming in, too. Throw up. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, both of them know. They both know. Yeah. And, you know, Andy, maybe not the, always the t- sharpest tool in the shed. He's not the prettiest M&M in the bag. No. <laughs> but silver M&Ms, Mark. I, I, I'm not sure I wouldn't have eaten them. <sighs> Me, too. <laughs> Why don't they make those? I, I would buy those. I, I thought. Like silver, silver and gold. gold. Perfect. Boom. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Nailed we'll have it. to do it. Yep. Well, Mark, we finally see Ben's next job interview, and he's at Dennis Feinstein's. Oh. And we learn that dum dums are not just candy suckers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're missing from the office. They it need dum dums in they there. They need dum dums oh, in they there. They need to go to Dennis. Anyway, so Ben is interviewing with Dennis Feinstein. Stein, Feinstein, whatever, yeah. for the position of, I think he's looking for the position of chief financial officer. That's my guess. Yeah, that's what we lead up to here in a moment. Yeah. I love it when Dennis goes, hey, Ben, you know, nice to meet you. 
I'm this. You know, right. He points to the sign behind him that says Dennis Feinstein. Yep, not a liar. It's terrific. So Ben tells Dennis he's been in government accounting for more than a decade, and he thinks maybe it's time for a change. And Dennis tells Ben, amongst some other crazy ramblings, oh uh, that he might fire his current CFO and hire him. But Ben is somewhat alarmed when Dennis points to the side of the room to show his current CFO, Dum Dum Eddie, sadly sitting in a chair looking miserable. He might have a dunce cap on the way he's sitting there. Oh, like, yeah. like worse than punching bag Kyle. Oh, yeah. Much like just worse. dejected and miserable and sad. And Ben continues to be more and more alarmed as Dennis reveals more and more of his crazy side. And Ben finally says, I'm sorry. I thought I wanted to branch out a little career wise, but that was a mistake. Keep Eddie. I do not want this job. And he leaves. <laughs> I love Ben feels so bad. He apologizes to Eddie and he says, Eddie, I'm so sorry. And <laughs> Dennis says, don't talk to Eddie. Treat him like you would treat a person from another country that you paid $25,000 to hunt. What are you talking about? The best vacation of my life. Okay, I'm out of here. Bing. (laughs) Wow. Dennis likes Ben, though. He's going to see if he can pursue him. I can tell. Well, at the town hall, Mark, Leslie is about to advocate her beliefs about using PCP. (laughs) And she gets a few more people hooked along the way. So this scene opens up. We see Donna and Jerry leading some sort of public forum. Yeah. You know they're desperate at that point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So Jerry asks the crowd, the crazy Pawnians present, for suggestions about new games at the rec center. And after a little bit of typical loony discussions, hashtag crazy Pawnians. Yep. All of a sudden, we see Leslie, of all people, stand up at the side of the room. Like, I didn't even know she was in there. Um, surrounded by the other members of the PCP gang. That's what I call them. And, and as Leslie lists their demands to Donna and Jerry, the PCP gang supports and applauds every sentence. Like, they're clearly really behind Leslie. Yeah, yeah. After the public forum, uh, we see Leslie talking to the PCP gang out in the hallway, encouraging them to uh, keep up the momentum and strategizing with them on ways to engage, maybe mildly harass, uh, city manager Chris Traeger, including calling his office number every 15 minutes and having someone posted in every GNC within a five-mile radius of (laughs) the city center. Um, In addition, Alan, one of the women from the public forum decided to join them. So, you know, their numbers are growing. They are. I, the first time on the the rewatch, I missed the GNC line and I caught it on a later one and I just started laughing. Yeah. So it's so it's so good. Oh, it's funny. Yeah. It really is. I also love, too, that we finally learn, if you look at the script, we learned the name of the guy who loves to chant you we know, do. in meetings. Yeah. His name is Chance. Chance, Chance Frenlum. Oh, my. Again, good another Mike Sure name. It has to be. I did know that. Well, it comes up because this woman suggests, you know, what they could add to the parks, the rec center is yeah. games. Like uh, sh- her daughter loves shoots and ladders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he goes, there's no strategy to shoots and ladders. And she says, well, my daughter's five. And he says, well, your daughter's an idiot. Her daughter, daughter is, is an idiot. idiot. Her, Her daughter, daughter is, is an idiot. idiot. That guy could make a oh chant. You know what I remember the last time he did a yeah. chant that I loved is a time capsule when they oh, when yeah. he wanted to put yeah. his dead cat turnip <laughs> and they're like, we don't put dead cats in here except for turnip. Except for <laughs> it cracks me up. Oh, uh, gotta love chance. Yup. Well, back at the bullpen, Ron is not good at everything as it turns out. I am so shocked at this. It, I was a little happy about it in some ways. That he showed some some weakness, yeah. some, some vulnerability. Yeah, it's kind of nice to see that everyone's so wrong. April and Andy are with Ron in his office as he tries uh, to build his candy model of the office. And Ron is like trying to put together a graham cracker walls. And he's like 
breaking them inadvertently as he tries to put them together. And finally, he just... He smashes the walls like Ron Hulk uh, in frustration while growling out loud. He, he said, I can handcraft 17-foot canoes out of western red cedar, but I can't glue two damn graham crackers together. He's mad. He's really <laughs> mad. Andy, the candy savant, shows Ron how easy it is. Gluing oh, yeah. two graham crackers together effortlessly. Yeah. At yeah. which point Ron says, okay, new plan. Everyone, Everybody else makes this candy house, and I make myself useful elsewhere. And I don't know if to that point he knows what he's going to do, but I think he'll get some inspiration later. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mark, in the city manager's office, Citizen Nope visits city manager Chris Traeger, and she presents the demands of her group, the PCP. We see Chris sitting at his desk, and he looks like he's slugging back a green health drink of Ugh. some sort. I'm sure it's delicious. Yeah. Um, and a woman escorts Leslie into Chris's office as his 11 o'clock appointment. And Chris warns her, I think, you know, hi, Leslie. Oh, you shouldn't be here. Like, he warns her, like, you should, what are you doing? You shouldn't be here because yeah. he's, he's wary to oh, her yeah. tricks, right? Yeah. And she says, no, 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 I'm not here as a government worker. I'm here as a concerned citizen and founder of the PCP which Chris realizes then are the ones that have been harassing That's him. That's right. Chris tells Leslie that out of respect for her, he'll meet with the PCP, but he hopes that will be the end of this. And Leslie also gives Chris his Christmas present at this point, which is a little stopwatch that records your jogging times and then sends it to your computer via Bluetooth, which Chris loves. Oh, she's so good at this. It's another great gift. Yep, it yep. really is. She's the queen of gift giving, Leslie is. Well, so far, yep. <laughs> I love at the end of that that um, Chris is totally in love with this gift and he goes, oh, that's so thoughtful. And Leslie says, my pleasure. See you in hell. Yeah, she turns yeah. on a dime. Yeah, she she got back to the business of the PCP before she left. Yep. Yeah. Well, in our next scene, we're I think we're at the community center again and the politicos have caught up with Leslie mm. here and um, they have some unexpected news for her. Yeah, they, they they caught up at the community center. I called it the PCP Gangs Clubhouse. I don't know why. Oh. So they, so they, they the uh, William and Elizabeth, aka the Politicos, yeah. uh, walk in. I think this is like right before a PCP meeting because Leslie is the only one that's there right now. Maybe she's that getting ready for the meeting yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So we see the the Politicos, the uh, William and Elizabeth, enter in to talk to Leslie. Well. Now, um, they got some bad news for her, unfortunately. Um, before the scandal, Leslie was polling at 26%, and now she's polling at one. Not not 100, just one, as in <laughs> she's polling at 1%. Yeah. So, yikes. Not the other 99. A stunned Leslie tries to rally William and Elizabeth, but unfortunately, they're ready to throw in the towel, claiming there is no way to spin this, and that it's basically impossible to come back from this kind of a thing. You know, a sex scandal with your uh, boss. Leslie tries to change their minds, but William says, it's a small town. There's nowhere to hide. We can't run your campaign anymore. I'm sorry, Leslie. You were a great candidate, but it's over. And William and Elizabeth leave. Leslie is devastated. Yeah. she Before they leave, she she lashes out a little bit and, and accuses them of sleeping together. And we learn that lovely Elizabeth is gay. Oh. Um, so that's not happening. But, you know, Leslie is rocked by this. this oh, yeah. This is uh, not what she was expecting. I know she thought she'd take a hit, but, you know, losing 25% of only 26. Oh, that hurts. Yeah, that hurts. Well, over at JJ's Diner, Anne tries to console Leslie, perhaps over waffles. And we learn about Leslie's love of pickles. <laughs> so, yeah, we visit the, 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 the famous JJ's Diner. Um, 
which is just the place to go when you're down. Yeah. Or if you're happy. It's really just the place to it go. Is. Yeah. You know what? I bet she's not having waffles because of the pickle thing. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. Maybe she has a burger. Well, you know, I don't. Maybe. That's I, weird I, I actually that. didn't didn't pay yeah. attention. That shows me. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, she's telling Anne about her debacle with the, her, with the politicos yeah. there that just happened. And Anne asks if she can find new advisors. But Leslie says, no, nah, I've already talked to everyone that might be interested. And no one wants someone polling this low. And uh, she she refers to it as last milkshake sip level low. <laughs> very, very descriptive. Yes, very is. image invoking. Yeah. Um, Anne tries to cheer Leslie up, telling her that, you know what? Yeah, this definitely, definitely sucks. But she will eventually get through this. And Leslie, however, seems... Not quite so sure. She really had her heart set on being a member of the city council. Uh, poor Leslie. I know. Well, and this is what you described in your AKA. Oh, and, yeah. You know, Leslie slumps over. And even though she's all depressed and kind of out of it, she still knows about those pickles and doesn't want Anne touching them. Yeah, like yeah. she slumps over and Anne kind of like it feels bad for her, but continues to eat her salad. And then, That's right. Don't touch my pickles, Anne. <laughs> Well, Mark, I think this next scene is where we see Ben leaving Dennis Feinstein's, if I'm not mistaken. I, I see. I was wondering this and I paid attention to the board because yeah. this is like a big corporate building that like a lot of it's businesses sort of have like art, offices. Maybe, it almost looked like a shopping mall in some ways, but I think you're right. And, and I and I noticed that there is a sign and it had Tilton and Radomsky accounting uh, on the there. background. Very so nice. I think that he maybe he maybe went back to meet their division head, which is something that Barney wanted him to do. Well, there was a deleted scene where he did meet the division head and uh, did not make the cut. So I bet that's where this scene is sourced. Gotcha. Yep, there All you right. Go. So it, yeah, he's in he's in like the lobby of a very large corporate building. And he it looks like Ben is walking like from the big bank of elevators yeah. towards the outside doors of this huge lobby. And um and uh, anyway, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, bang, John Ralphio runs up and like playfully jumps on his shoulders, oh greatly God. startling him. Um, oh, my gosh. I do love me some John Ralphio. Let's have Constantine play this clip. Let's do that. Jason! Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Hey, John Ralphio. How's it going? It's going good. I'm actually right here for an appointment, getting a Brazilian. Oh. By the way. There is a woman over there that is unbelievable. Her name is Kim. When she rips it off, she smiles. Oh. And it makes you feel things. Oh. Throw my name, I get a referral discount if you don't mind. Okay. <laughs> I heard somebody resigned in disgrace. My question to you is, how are you making that paper? Oh, yeah. well, I've interviewed around. Uh, but I'm actually about to take a job doing in-house accounting for an accounting firm. <sighs> I almost fell asleep during that sentence. <laughs> okay. Let me get this straight. You would be an accountant for accountants. Yeah. So at this accounting firm, you would have the boring job. <laughs> Are you nuts? This is probably the first time you've had off since you've been kid president. True kid or false? President. True. Why don't you use that time and go after one of your passions, like model trains or like to or toy Gandalfs or something? <laughs> Why you jump straight to model trains? I mean, <laughs> it's accurate. I'm going to tell you something that I once heard from a very, very smart woman named Kim. <laughs> the lady who waxes you? She told me, if you don't love what you do, then why do it? Then she ripped the hair from my beehole. Yeah. Ow. That sounds very painful, doesn't it? <clears throat> and gross. <laughs> I just, yep, let's yep. move on. <laughs> that that clip just pretty much speaks for itself, doesn't it, Mark? Bang, 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 bang. Yep. 
back at the city manager's office. Leslie is following up with Chris and she's now given up on PCP, but I think she's about to start LSD, Mark. Oh, it's a good trade. Yeah. Yeah. So Chris mentions that Ron had filled him in about what happened with, um, you know, the debacle with the politicos yeah. and her yeah. polling numbers. And one percent. I think he's genuinely sorry. Like he tells Leslie, I, he really wishes the her ethics investigation hadn't interfered with her campaign. And I think Leslie appreciates the sentiment and gives Chris an apology for going overboard with PCP, you know, as most PCP users <laughs> do, and especially for harassing him like they did. Yeah. And Chris smiles and then reaches into his desk. Uh, to get Leslie's Christmas present and places a small wrapped present in front of her. And Leslie picks it up and she unwraps it, revealing her ID badge. And Chris tells her the suspension has been lifted. Please come back to work. And needless to say, Leslie is very happy to hear this. Yeah, she is. I feel like this is him doing this as a gift and letting her come back a little early. Did you read it that way too? Yes. Okay, good. Oh, I also love, too, that, you know, Leslie, uh, of course, apologized and said she's starting a new group now. LSD, Leslie, sorry, division. (laughs) (laughs) She likes acronyms, too, Mark. Oh, she certainly does. We totally get along with Leslie. Absolutely. Waffles, acronyms, what's not to like? There, There you have it. Well, outside the parks department and after a long day, Ben and Leslie finally get a chance to reconnect. And Ben shares some news with Leslie. Yeah, this scene uh, starts at City Hall and we see Ben sitting on a bench or a chair like in the hallway right outside the Parks and Rec's office. And Leslie, we see come walking. She comes walking down the hallway kind of towards the Parks and Rec's office. Like maybe she's probably fresh from her meeting with Chris is my guess. So Ben gets up and walks down the hallway a ways to meet her. And as they start to slowly walk together down the hall back towards the Parks and Rec office, Ben tells her that he actually turned down the accounting job and that it didn't feel right. And Leslie tells Ben that she thinks that that's great. Like she's actually proud of him to make that decision. And even though he may not know exactly what he wants to do next, she supports his decision 100%. When they actually get to the Parks and Rec's office doors, Leslie mentions that the gang is having a party and invites invites him to come in with her. And Ben smiles saying, actually, I think you should go in alone. And he walks up to her, kisses her, and takes off. Very nice. Well, inside the parks department, we find out what Ron did to contribute to Leslie's gift. And she also gets a gift she was not expecting. She certainly does. So yeah, after Ben leaves, Leslie opens the doors to the Parks and Rec office to see the entire gang assembled in the bullpen, looking at her and smiling. The bullpen has been decked out with Christmas lights and decorations, and there's a large main table that has been set up with the gingerbread house office model uh, fully assembled. Leslie slowly walks in, taking in everything, and when she asks what's going on, Anne tells her they all pitched in to make her this candy replica of the Parks Department. Well, all of them except Ron, who admits... It turns out I cannot make a gingerbread house, which would bother me if I were an eight-year-old girl. (laughs) Everyone stepping up to help him out gave Ron another idea. He reaches down behind the table to pick up a small wooden replica of the city council chambers. The camera zooms in to capture a small marshmallow Leslie with blonde hair sitting behind a small podium with a small nameplate that reads, Councilwoman, nope. Ron explains by way of saying, that's you next May. When Leslie says that she doesn't understand, a switch is hit, 
a large banner unrolls from the ceiling, which reads, Leslie Nope for City Council. Alan, let's have Constantine play the rest of this clip. Let's do that. This is the City Council Chambers, and that's you next May. I don't understand. <laughs> Your campaign advisors quit. Big deal. You're running for City Council again, Leslie, with our help. April Ludgate, Youth Outreach and Director of New Media. Tom Haverford, Image Consultant, Swagger Coach. Ann Perkins, Office Manager and Volunteer Coordinator. Andy Dwyer, Security, Suites, <laughs> Body Man, <laughs> Javelin, <laughs> if need be. Donna Meagle, Transpo, AKA Rides in My Benz. Well, you guys didn't tell me we were doing this. I, Poor Jerry. I did Jerry. not know that I was supposed to come up with something. I, Ron Swanson, any other damn thing you might need? Guys, it's so much work. I can't ask you to put your lives on hold. Find one person here who you haven't helped by putting your life on hold. I don't know what to say. Except, let's go win an election. Giving Christmas gifts is like a sport to me. Finding or making that perfect something. It's also like a sport to me because I always win. This year though, my friends won. In fact, I got my ass handed to me. <laughs> That's great. That was such a good a good scene. I yeah. really, really <laughs> like that. Um, there were a couple things that I, I, I kind of appreciated there too. Um, Ron did his patented little Ron Swanson fist pump yeah. after Leslie says, let's win an election. Yeah, you know, while did. everyone else is going, yay, he just kind of yeah. pumped the fist. The other thing is um, while Leslie's giving her talking head, we see a few things going on in the background. And yeah. one of the things that we see is, uh, you know, Chris, who he's a member of the gang, but sometimes maybe he can feel maybe a little bit yeah, like a little bit an, outsider. An, an, an outsider. Of his role. And he yeah. Right. And he kind of peeks in the door and they're like, Hey, come yeah. in here. So, I mean, they embrace him into the fold, so to speak. And yeah. I think he, so he feels part of this as yeah, well. That was very nice. I also like too, that uh, when the banner unfurled, Jerry was standing there and it pretty much hit him in the face. Well, yeah, Jerry. everybody was in front of the banner yeah. and then Jerry's kind of behind it. So it's like, and Jerry's, oh, uh, poor Jerry. Well, Mark, all we have left at this point is the kicker and we're back at Tilton and Randomsky. Oh. And uh, we learn exactly who did get hired over there. It looks like, believe it or not, Alan, Barney is showing, of all people, John Ralphio around uh -huh. on what is apparently his first day. Sure. Um, and he appears. Well, it's to... convenient. It's right next to Kim. <laughs> it's a twofer. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah. So uh, when Barney asked John Ralphio, I think he's the, the, the deal is he's from a temp agency. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. how he got yeah. placed there. You that's know? Right. And, and Barney asked John Ralphio if he's fluent in, of course, QuickBooks Pro. And oh, John yeah. Ralphio says, oh, no, my my re my resume might not actually be what most people call accurate. accurate. And as that is a matter of fact, and, nah, I don't have any accounting experience. I was just I was kidding about that. And then John Ralphio proceeds to shamelessly and insultingly yeah. hit on a woman walking in front of them, at which point Barney just fires him point blank. <laughs> and without breaking his gate, yeah. John Ralphio says, yeah, that makes sense. So should I just go out the same way I came in? It's great. Fade to black. The whole thing. <laughs> 
a one shot, you know, yeah. where they basically have a, as they walk around the perimeter of the office, it's just a big giant square. He comes in, uh, you know, he yeah. flies. Hashtag West Wing. Yeah. West Wing. Yeah. I love it. And, you know, Rob Lowe, West Wing. So I like to get to make it. Yeah. Well, nice job, Mark. Great job on the breakdown. And uh, you know what? Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll do deleted tropes, fun facts first and all that great stuff and squirt and go home. All right. Let's do it, man. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Are you in the mood for heaping plates of outstanding breakfast food? If not, then I wish you a good day as I have nothing else to discuss with you and I, quite frankly, don't understand you. However, if the answer is yes, then JJ's Diner is the place for you. Hello, this is Ron Swanson, a staple for the citizens of Pawnee since its opening in 1976 J.J.'s Diner is owned by the great J.J. Lipscomb and is located at 122 Sunderland between Tramp Stamp Tattoos and the Chlorotech Cadmium Refinery. Some have said that J.J.'s Diner is the meeting place for Pawnee's political elite. I don't know exactly what that means, and I still somehow hope that is inaccurate. However, I do know that J.J.'s Diner is open 24 hours a day, and that breakfast food is the only food I need at any of those 24 hours. My employee Leslie enjoys the waffles and whipped cream. I prefer large helpings of bacon and eggs, like most self-respecting people. Be sure to visit JJ's Diner often, preferably when I am not there. Tell them Ron sent you, and receive a free JJ's refrigerator magnet with your order of the Ron Special. A heaping portion of bacon and eggs, accompanied by a delicious side order of eggs and bacon, smothered in sausage and sausage gravy. Mmm. Uh, <clears throat> thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, we're back. Well, Mark, as we usually do, we'll, we'll cover deleted. We're not going to go through all of them. There were so many. There were actually, I counted 11, but it could have been 13, 14, depending on how you cut them and right. look at talking heads and all that stuff. Right. Um, but, you know, they're definitely worth a watch if you have access to the DVDs. Agreed. Uh, if you don't own them, you know, chuck them out at your local library. That's right. I mean, you can do that. And uh, nine minutes and 34 seconds worth. That's right. So you could definitely build your own supersize episode out of this episode. You certainly could. You're right. Out of these deleted scenes. Yep. Uh, you know, but as long as it's not made out of gingerbread, you know, Ron might help. I don't know. <laughs> They're funny enough that it's worth braving your local library, yeah. even though they may or may not be evil to get hold of these. That, that's true. Yep. Watch out for the Tammies. Yup. Yep. Well, Mark, um, what'd you have on first tropes, fun facts and goofs? I was, I was a little lean. Um, I had, um, I had three firsts, but they're kind of weenie firsts. Um, one was the first time that Ben and Leslie can be in public without being oh, a, ske a skewed. Yeah, nice. um, and we kind of said that earlier. So yeah. um, I also said we got the first look inside of uh, Tilton and Radomsky accounting yeah. firm. And we had the first look uh, inside Dennis Feinstein's office. Oh, that's good. Those are both good. What'd you have? Um, I said it's the first time Leslie's not acting as a representative of the Parks Department. She's citizen. Nope. I guess that's true. Yeah. yeah good mean, call. You know, it's a little obvious, but then it's it's so obvious you kind of forget it. I mean, maybe when she was like eight. Well, sure. But but yeah, yeah no, that counts. But, but, but even then she was pretending. To I, <laughs> <laughs> wow. She probably was. You know, you said it the first time in Tilton and Radomsky, and that's definitely true. It's also technically the first time Ben meets Barney. 
because Ben was oh, not true. in true. the show yet in either of the episodes that Barney's already been in. Yeah, telethon occurred right before, right before. The, the the two part as I think about them the two part ender you got of season two when yeah. they actually where Chris showed and Ben up. came on. Yo. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, how about tropes? I had a few tropes. I had a few. I had a BMC Ben mugs to the camera. Yep. Um, I had WWR woodworking Ron. Nice. I had PBJ punching bag Jerry. Yeah, of course. I had um, I said over the top Leslie because yeah. she just got the perfect presence for everyone. I but so I mean, good. in a good way. Yeah. Um, and then I had fun with names. Barney Varman, Chance for little. I mean, nice. these these were all just so yeah. great. Fun with names. I like that. Yep. That's a good trope to track. How about you? Um, I, you know, I had Leslie, Queen of Gift Givings, what I called it. Nice. A- in addition to overprepared Leslie, because if you think about it, you know, she's she's ready to get back on the campaign trail. She's just like she's ready to go, like in every single way. That's true. And and Queen of Gift Giving is a is a special slice of that Leslie over the topness. Yeah, that she you see it on Valentine's at. Day. You see it a lot, and we'll see it again. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I agree. So it's a good trackable one. Uh, I had Sweet Stupid Andy. You know, Silvermouth Andy, <laughs> aka Silvermouth. <laughs> That's Andy. a good one. I yeah. like that. I I like that one. I had that one last uh, last episode as well. Yeah. And I think it's uh, it's worth mentioning. Yeah, because he, he he can be, and sometimes he's not that dumb, and sometimes he is. So right. fun the track. Right. Yeah. Um, I did not have any goofs this week. I did not either. All right. Nice. Uh, If you've got a goof, write in and we'll read it to everybody. That's right. Yep. Uh, For our listeners at home and viewers, whatever you are. Viewers. Um, How about fun facts, Mark? I I had a couple that were on the internet. Um, They're interesting, but yeah. I had, I only had one, which was the the scene where Chris returns Leslie's ID badge. We get a good glimpse of it. And it's just, it's just kind of fun and interesting to see that she's still marked as an essential employee. Yeah. Um, as previously seen when the government shut down and she yeah. was raised from non-essential to essential, which I think was the season two finale Freddy's uh, Freddy Spaghetti. That sounds right. Yep. Yeah, no, that's a good catch. Right? I think I saw that one. The one I noted for my notes was, uh, you know, we get a shot of Ben's resume and it's got all of his details oh. on there. Yeah, he's got his deets, Mark. Uh-huh. Um, his full name is Benjamin Wyatt. Mm-hmm. He lives at 3095 Ash Avenue in Pawnee, Indiana, zip code 47998. Mm. I, I'm going to look that one up later. Mm. Uh, his phone number is 812-555-0122. So give him a call or write him at his email. It's Wyatt Ben. That's what it is. I can't read this. At benwyatt.in.usa. Oh, that makes sense, I guess. Dot creed thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Dot word document slash blog. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, nice job. All right, well, Mark, let's get into our scoring. I think that's all we've got left to do at this point, and then we'll uh, we'll send everybody home. All right. Well... Alan, I, I was. This was a hard one to give an MVP to. I, I was tempted to give it to Leslie because yeah. it seemed like she was so much of the glue in this, and I and wow. I I nearly did, but then I decided I was going to go a different direction. Okay, good. So, so instead of that, I decided to give co MVPs to Rashida Jones and Adam Scott. Be- I can see that because. I really liked how both of them, her best friend and her yes. her partner, it's a good call stepped up and like really spearheaded either advice or being her support system. I so um, I, I, I thought it's so refreshing to see Leslie with such a sweet, non-cynical support system to back her up. You know what I mean? Um, I thought Anne kind of came out of her typical Perkins shell and proved her worth by not only being there for Leslie, but arguably spearheading the whole candy office model gift in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's um, true. I love seeing Ben and Leslie having meals together and, and talking to each other, like venting about things and just giving each other good, honest, transparent advice that the other can use. It's like, to me, it's a good indication that they're kind of clicking as a couple. A solid relationship. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a few just quick additional notes. Uh, 
I love it anytime the gang comes together to achieve a goal. I, I know that we talked about this in the last episode, and I, I, I'm a sucker for it. It, it yeah. works for me, and they, this one did it again. Yeah. Um, I thought that this Scooby was, Gang rules the day. Yeah. We should put that as a trope, <laughs> although it's going to be in a lot of episodes. I thought that everyone in this episode had at least one funny scene, and perhaps most importantly for me, Tom both wasn't annoying yep. and... He had a really good idea. Yeah, he did. I, I like it when he can use his fronting superpowers for good. And I thought he came up with a great idea yeah. in this one. No, that's a great, great point. Um, and I, I like seeing Ben's perspective on his job hunt. He, I thought his he, he is such a good straight man. I, I really, really appreciate his his uh, reactions to the craziness, especially like John Ralphio and Dennis Feinstein. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. But even with Barney, even with Barney. Yeah, yeah I was going to say that. Absolutely. Um. You know, with the whole Leslie's was interesting because it's like, well, okay, it's it has to do with the politicos. It has to do with PCP. It has to do with like, you know, at the end, uh, her still running for council yeah. and all that. And and I thought that the PCP storyline, it was okay. It wasn't the strongest. It was all right. But but I feel like the, the rest of Leslie's tale was still very entertaining and engaging, uh, you know, uh, Chris denying her access, her tumultuous uh, roller coaster with the politicos. I, I liked it all. Um, I had one small nitpick, I I guess. Um, I was able to suspend disbelief and enjoy this episode for what it was. So this did not affect me to any large degree. Yeah. But I questioned to what degree the uh, Parks and Rec gang could openly support her campaign. Like maybe during their off hours. I, but even then, I would think there'd be really strict limitations on political activity. And like this might not have occurred to me if... Just last episode, Chris hadn't been such a stickler for the rules. That's like, what do you think about that? Yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, I kind of had that trouble last week Yeah. Um, where Chris was such a stickler and he had previously kind of abused his powers, in my opinion. So right. this kind of felt the same, but less, less bad. I see. Less egregious. Yes. Yes. I would agree so, with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So with no further ado, I'm going to get into uh, the, the crazy Mark. Rubin. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I thought this was a well-written uh, series of stories. I thought that they were in general funny and engaging and it had big plot relevance for the rest of the season arc. I gave it a 4.5 base score. I'm going to give a half point for... Actually, I'm going to give a half point to each of three people. Rashida Jones, co-MVP. Adam Scott, co-MVP. And I'm going to give another half point to Amy Poehler because I thought she really did a good job in this yeah, episode as well. Great. So all three of them really. Yeah. Uh, I can't give a three-way MVP because I would get in trouble and lose yeah, my Yeah, that, that space, is against the rules like can, quarter points. Can't do that. Yeah. So I, it's just yeah. a co-MVP, but then Amy Poehler did a good job, so she gets one too. Okay. I'll, I'll take care of that one. <laughs> so uh, uh, I, now I got some of my cheater combos. You know how I did those? So uh, once again- You're so predictable. I certainly am. So I have a half point for what I called the bookend combo. And I kind of did this last time, but I felt like it fit this time too. The the, the combination of the Bumbleflex uh, cold open combined yeah. with the great John Ralphio temp agency yeah. uh, kicker. I love that. Um, I'm going to give half point for what I called the Avengers Assemble combo. Uh, <laughs> Tom coming up with a word cloud, Ron coming up with the initial idea and improving on it, Andy being able to build with graham crackers, and the entire gang all coming together to build the model. I just really like that. 
So I'm going to give half a point for what I called the Salgar combo. And, and, you know, I mentioned this before. I really thought that this was going to be a throwaway. Yeah. And and instead, they kept on bringing it back and back and back. And I'm like, this is really freaking funny. I love this. Really good writing. So half a point for that. I'm going to give half a point for great guest stars. You had Ben Schwartz as John Rolfio, John Balma as ba- Barney Varm, yep. uh, Jason Manzukas as Dennis oh Feinstein, yeah. uh, Johnny Sneed as William Barnes, Antonia Raftu as Elizabeth, uh, Jeffrey Markle as Chance Fresnel, <laughs> the star to chant guy in the public forum. <laughs> um, fun with names. And then I'm going to give an entire point for the entire ending sequence before the kicker. Truly mm. the two best gifts that they could give Leslie. And and what a truly masterful job the characters did with it. I thought it was very sweet, very touching. I, I really, really liked it. So you add all those points together and you come up with nine little Sebastians. Um, I thought this was a strong, satisfying episode. It had a really great ending. I think it sets us up for a fantastic second half to season four. Um, that's it for me, man. What do you got? Well, Mark, that's that's a great job. I, I don't disagree with anything you said, and let me double down on a couple of things. Um, you're wrong in the MVP. No, you're, you're actually. I like what you did because I think in my mind, I, I I flirted with the idea of giving it to Anne, but mm. it didn't feel like it was enough to give it to her. Mm. It didn't dawn on me though to do co because I don't break the rules like you do and give it to Ben and Anne. I think that's brilliant. Oh, um, I gave mine to Amy Poehler. Because again, like you said, I mean, she's the glue of this episode and she did a terrific job. And I think she balanced a couple different plot lines very well. And we saw a good range of emotions and it was pretty realistic and yet funny. I agree with you. I am brilliant. I mean, I agree with you that oh Amy God. Amy Poehler is a good choice. Yes, yeah, she is. It, it, I almost did that myself. Yeah. So so that's good. So we were kind of in alignment there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought the, the whole PCP storyline... Um, was, it's funny at moments. Maybe they did a little too much of it, but it was in character for Leslie to, yes. to you know, as a citizen, still try to make change, make impact from, you know, the seat she's in at that moment. Oh, yeah. I totally believed it. Yeah. yeah. So so I thought that was the right move for sure. Right. Um, I thought this episode had a lot of great moments. Um even though, you know, like the sum of the parts might be better than the whole or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, it has a lot of great moments and a lot of great writing that's pretty evident. And I think the whole Salger thing is a great example of that. You know, right. it's just it's it could just have been a throwaway. But like you said, they found a way to reuse it. Um, this is an interesting episode in terms of the arc of the season and some of the story long story arcs that are in play here in season four. So I think it was important in lots of ways in a transition. Um, we'll see what Ben decides to do next. We'll see what Leslie does next yep. as she returns to her her day job. Um, so it's going to set up a couple of interesting things. Agreed. Um, I also like the, you know, the Scooby gang went in the day. I, <laughs> I just, you know, like you said, when the team comes together and it's, positive and you know other than a little punching bag jerry right uh, which we'll forgive every now and again right um you know it's just uh, it had a great vibe to it i guess i agree the whole episode yeah so um i gave this one nine little sebastians as well all right yeah nice um i i tried to find things to like explicitly state i was tearing off half points for or quarter points um and, and there's no one thing i think it just Maybe that one storyline just lacked a little punch. Mm-hmm. And if it could have been a little funnier, a little better, I don't know. I might have gone higher. Yeah. But overall, I thought it was a really solid, good, funny episode. Nice. I like your reasoning. I, I agree with you, by the way. I think that it is interesting to see how this is going to affect the rest of the of the story arc for the rest of the uh, 
uh, season. It was kind of interesting because season four started with, you know, uh, I'm Leslie Nope, which yep. which like ushers us right into her running for office. That's right. And then for a while, it kind of died down. Yeah. And not meaning that as a complaint or a criticism, but just an observation. And then it only kind of it's like bubbling in the up. background. Yeah. Right. And then it right. ramps and then. So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you look at you know the classic, you know, hero's journey, Mark, uh, there's it's kind of this this season follows it. Mm. Not every episode does. Gotcha. Uh, very interesting. Yeah. Well, and that's interesting, too, to say that our next episode is season four, episode 11, The Comeback Kid. Oh, yes. And that episode is the midpoint of season four. Yep. So uh, with 22 episodes, that will be season, episode 11. So it'd be interesting to kind of see where we land at the midpoint and where we go from there. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, Mark. Well, nice job. Hey, do you remember earlier in the podcast when I mentioned that we had a special guest this week? Yeah. Yeah. So we have John Balma joining us uh, most recently in our studio here at LFP Worldwide Headquarters. That's right. You know, he played Barney. We heard him a lot in this episode and it was a terrific conversation we had here. And uh, I thought today maybe we might play a few clips of that for, the, for our folks at home. What do you think? Oh, I think that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do that. And I'll, I will apologize in advance. Um, Harvey was apparently drinking a Dr. Pepper. Oh, gosh. You know where I'm headed with this, right? Yes, I do. Yep. Yeah. He tipped it over. And the next Ugh. thing you know, uh, my audio just sounds like crap. Yep. Yep. Sparks, electricity. Yep. Some of the things in our studio actually quantum leaped away. It was That's horrible. Right. That's, it, it was pretty bad. So uh, <laughs> please forgive us for the audio quality on my end. I think everybody else sounds great, though. And uh, with that, we'll uh, we'll play a few clips and we'll be right back. All right. Today, we're going to cover um, season four episode, the episode called Citizen Nope. And uh, I know that's not your first appearance as Barney. That's actually your third. But I think a lot of people don't remember those first two. Oh, okay. They remember this when Ben finally meets you at the accounting firm. Well, thank you for telling me it was the third, because that tells me exactly which one, what happened. <laughs> I get them confused sometimes. Yes, I know exactly which one this is. <laughs> How did you come to the role on Parks and Rec? I auditioned for, you know, it's so funny. I have a vague memory that maybe I auditioned for another part before this one came along. Um, I, I'm not sure if that's true, but the casting director, Dorian Frankel, who I knew from an acting class, actually, called me in. They needed... Uh, somebody with a monotone to do, you remember episode one, it's just oh, yeah. him being there. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, I'm sort of known for flat delivery. So I went in, I did my thing and I got the part and there was no hint that this would recur or, or build up to what it did. In fact, I think it was almost a year before um, Telethon came along the second episode. Yeah. And Telethon was exactly the same joke. And so when they called the third time, I was like, oh, it's going to be the same joke again. And then I saw I had my own office and I got very excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. So that's how it happened. Yeah. Wow. So it's it's it sounds like initially you thought maybe it was just going to be a one and done. And then it just oh, turned yeah. out, holy heck, it, this character keeps coming back now. Uh, one and done, and then I thought two and done, and then I actually thought three and done. I didn't, you know, it. You have no clue, 
you know, and you're only given, uh, I think the most notice I was ever given was three weeks that I'd be back in wow. the show. Wow. Yeah. Switch actually, if you watch, and I'm sure you've seen them all, you see how drastically my look changes over the arc of, of the seasons because I just couldn't remember <laughs> what I had looked. I don't watch myself. So I couldn't remember how long my hair was or I, what facial hair I had stuff. And so he's all over. I think it made it real, very realistic. <laughs> yeah, there, that's good. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, that was really great, Mark. Uh, I, I really enjoyed our conversation with John. Yeah, me too. He was a really nice guy, and it was kind of interesting to get to know a little bit more about him. He was. He was extremely down to earth, and uh, we had a great conversation. So really appreciate his time and uh, joining us on the podcast. Uh, maybe we'll launch that as a separate uh, standalone spotlight episode. Uh, it was one of our shorter interviews, but I still think the people at home would like to hear the whole thing. And uh, maybe we'll launch that next week or the week after. Oh, I like that idea. You know, Barney is always a fan favorite. He really is. He absolutely is. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it as I know you are, Mark. Uh, thank you for listening today. Thank you to our viewers and uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompani.com for more details or to contact us. Thank you.